Hey, 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 it's Father Samba. I bring you the news and the tunes coming at you right now. I just came back from getting the first COVID vaccine. So if you're wondering, I'm sure you're very enamored by me getting the vaccine. I got the Pfizer vaccine and I've got to tell you, I'm feeling fine. I got it about an hour and a half ago. No reactions, no skin irritations. I feel perfectly normal. The most I can say is I feel a little bit tired, but to be honest, I feel that way all the time. Being tired has just basically become a personality trait for me. When I was in high school, I tried to avoid caffeine if ever possible. I didn't want to be someone who's addicted to it and would get headaches like my parents would. Them and I wouldn't drink pop or coffee for quite a very long time. And you know what that meant? It meant I was tired all the time. Hear me out. Back in high school, I would wake up at about 6 in the morning, so I'd go to zero hour at 7 a.m. Go through seven full hours of school, rehearse after school of one of the many shows I was involved in, and then on Tuesdays, I would rehearse and band until about 9 o'clock. That meant some days I was gone for over 12 hours. Now, I wonder how the hell I even managed to do that, just going six hours of sleep, no coffee. And then I remember, every class before 10 a.m., I was completely brain dead. And after lunch, I would be tired from eating and being at school all day. Yeah, I was basically a zombie on autopilot, and I didn't even know it. Fast forward to college, where I would have three classes a day, and I would be completely exhausted. I would sleep in until about 8 o'clock, which is unheard of when I had school at the time. I didn't think the classes were that hard, but you just have to think of college as having senior itis still, but actually wanting to try. Life just sucks, and I lack motivation. Am I really lazy, or am I just a mentally unstable being? The world will never know. Work is another testament of feeling tired. When I worked retail, wow. They really forgot that we were humans with our own lives. I would work 5 to 9 on Monday night and then come back in at 7 o'clock morning the next day. I had a supervisor who told me that sucks, but put in little no effort trying to fix that. Those 7 a.m. shifts were the worst because I wouldn't eat until I got home, which was somewhere between 2 to 3.30. That meant I would be awake for about 8 hours before I decided to have my first meal of the day. I worked there for about six months, and I'm surprised that I didn't just keel over. It's just, oof, it really wrecked my body. I never even did super hard drugs, but my body's just... <sighs> yeah, I would be on my feet for a very long time, and then even after I stopped working there during the pandemic, I would still go for walks make sure I was still exercising. But you know what happened? It messed up my knee. I went to the doctor and just had them check a look and see... Yeah, all he basically did was told me to take an aspirin or whatever, and he charged me 35 bucks for a copay. You know, it's a shame WebMD isn't legit enough yet, because I'm sure they would give me the same advice, and I'd still have 35 bucks that I could spend on something other than spending an hour wasted at the doctor's office. So, you know, I've been out of high school for a while, and all I can tell you is that I get dizzy a lot, and now I can't run anymore because of my knee. You know, now I understand why every adult is an alcoholic, because life's just too difficult. I can't even drink alcohol because I'm underage, according to the U.S. government. So instead, I just drink water and feel just as guilty waking up in the morning. I make myself a nice cup of coffee, but it doesn't really wake me up. All it does is warm me up for the figuratively cold world we live in. That's why I don't understand why anyone would drink iced coffee.
It's meant to be served hot to burn the skin off a toad. Congratulations, you replaced your caffeine headache with a brain freeze, you dummy. I won't pretend that I'm perfect. Yeah, I eat fast food. I partake in the purchasing of putrid processed pork and poultry to produce my painful and premature passing. Wow, got that on the first take. Woo. That sense had more than a couple of peas in a pod. Well, I'm not perfect, but I'm also not a monster. When I say I eat fast food, I mean sometimes. I'm too broke to have it every day, but even I know what is acceptable at fast food places. You know, here's a list of things to never order at a fast food restaurant if you don't want to die. First of all, let's talk about McDonald's. They've got the Big Mac, the fries, and the creepy clown. Just because they offer a salad there doesn't mean you should get it. If they can't handle putting real meat in their nuggets, what makes you think the salad can be trusted from them? Let me be brief. Just, you really should. I don't even think they make any new salads. If anything, they probably scoop it out of the trash from the last person because they realized that they chose salad when they could have had, you know, anything else. Now that we got the vegetables out of the way, let's talk about good eating now. If a place is known for chicken, don't expect the fish to be a winner. Look, I accept people of every kind, but fish is different from meat. Chicken is different from beef. If a restaurant specializes in one type of food, you get that food. They don't have options because they think it's a good idea. Heavens, no. This is strictly an illusion and makes it look like there's a choice. You know KFC, right? It stands for We Serve Chicken, You Ingrate. The next item isn't a food restaurant, but it's a fact. Can you remember the last time you had Burger King? It was a long time, wasn't it? I'll tell you why. Because the last time you went there, it was a terrible experience. Burger King is run so that you never want to go there. You go through the drive-thru, you see a long line. Why, the food is good, right? No! Those poor cars have been there all day and they can't get out. They trap you in the Burger King drive-thru. You wait 20 minutes order and another 15 before you even get the food. What kind of a slowpoke Stanley do you have to be to spend half an hour making three sandwiches? And by the time you get your food, that's not the order you got, but you eat it anyway because you hate yourself and you want to die. I've got a new motto for them. Burger King, go frig yourself. I had to censor it because, you know, families. And there's a common misconception that society hates vegans. Now, it's not every day that I find myself on the side of society, but I guess I have to be in the situation. Folks, no one is hating your kind for what you eat. What we hate about you is simple, and it's how you make a big deal about it. If you make a big deal about it, other people will. If the first thing you say when introducing yourself is your little diet, you really shouldn't be offended when normal people like me laugh at your treason. And just because you exist, it doesn't mean eating establishments have to bend over backwards for you. It's a steakhouse, Shelly, so getting rid of steak won't make it much of a steakhouse now, would it? It's in the name, so you shouldn't act surprised when a couple cows have to die to fill your tummy. But I've got a good one. I've got a good one. What do you get when you ask for vegan options? What do you think? You get the hell out and have a nice day. Lastly, I usually try not to get political, but it's hard when people around me are so childish. Here's an idea. When you go to a fast food restaurant for the first time, don't get chicken strips every single time. You're 20 and you have bills to pay. For God's sakes, be an adult and order some real food. You know what the cook thinks? The cook probably thinks that there's some little kid he's cooking the food for. 
But no, actually, he is making food for a grown adult who doesn't know how to actually eat. But, you know, the hatred continues. Parents hate when the kids ask, hey, can we go to McDonald's? And they usually pull the same excuse. No, Johnny, we have food at home. That's great and all, but what if the food at home is crap and you haven't gone grocery shopping yet? I get it, payday hasn't come yet so that there can't be any frivolous spending until then. My problem, though, lies with how they act like the food at home is just as good, if not better. As a kid, I didn't hear that one, but I heard other things. One time my sister told my mom that one of her classmates would get Subway every day in school lunch. Instead of telling us we have food at home, she did this. She bought us food so we can make our own sandwiches. Oh boy, sandwiches sure taste worse when you're the one making them. You can make your own hoagies! I don't know anyone outside Philadelphia who uses the word hoagie mom. And my sister saying she won Subway does not mean she wanted to be like an employee at one. But the logic applied outside of food. On the 4th of July, other people would be blowing up large fireworks. Not us, though. At the time, they were illegal. Even if they were, we were too broke to afford them. But my mother, ever the optimist aside, we're going to have an experience with fireworks as kids. So, she got some ones that were illegal. You know, the uncool ones. No one called snakes and sparklers fireworks except my mom. She would get out the matchbox and tell us, We have fireworks at home! And then she'd light up a snake and it was awful and sad. Worst of all, it smelled bad. Sparklers would get away with a little bit more than the snakes, though. Where the snakes were bad in every way imaginable, the sparklers at least looked cool. We pretend we're those famous Disney kids. Hi, I'm Father Samba from Michigan Morning Coffee, and you're watching Disney Channel. Do 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 do. However, they still suck because while it's fun, it doesn't last any longer than 30 seconds. Ladies, you know what I mean. I'm in no way trying to insult my parents or saying they're bad. We were just not rich growing up, and we had to make do with what we had. But there were valuable lessons that I learned in adulthood. The big one being, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. The other one being, be careful what you wish for, because your mom might get you a worse version of it. I'll admit that I make fun of myself a lot. While this is something I enjoy doing, I have to take a break from it. I'm a complex person, sometimes it's hard for me to laugh myself while I'm crying on the inside. So I have to take a break from that. Do you think it's to look inside and try to better myself? No, it's to make fun of other people. There is a guy that I knew from high school. Despite neither of us being great singers, we're both in our school's choir. Yeah, this one day, we had to sing at a funeral because the week prior, someone a couple of classes above us died in a car crash. It was sad, but the story gets even sadder. The morning before the mass, we were in the cafeteria. I sat with a bunch of other lonely boys, and here comes the supreme lonely boy telling us about how he's going to ask a girl out. He was going to approach her with a bag of Sour Patch Kids and say, Will you be the bee to this beast and go to the movies with me? Hey, it was 2017. The live-action Disney remake was in theaters. Relevant for the time, but corny as hell. With a line like that, you can only guess how it went. Spoiler alert, they never went to the movies together. The poor beast failed in its quest and would remain a beast forever. But I don't think it was entirely the pickup line's fault. You have to remember, someone from our school died. And on the day of his funeral, this dude seriously thought, Hey, I'm gonna get a date. If you could hand people over to the horny police, he would be sent to horny jail. 
bonk. But the story isn't over. Believe it or not, it gets worse. You thought asking a girl out hours before a funeral is bad. Or even the kid dying. But the stars couldn't have a line to make life worse for my boy. Months passed and then school was almost finished. Without the seniors in choir, we couldn't do any new pieces too in depth. Take a guess at what song we are going to do that day. You guessed it. It was a Beauty and the Beast medley. Luck be a vile temperance, and he was S-O-L. Out of luck. So next to me, a guy asked, Hey, we should get her to sing with us. We were laughing our skulls out of her head, and we were hitting the wall. We are causing quite a commotion. Our choir director asked, Oh, is everything okay up there? Because all he saw were two cackling boys and another really angry one. Look, you can call us mean for laughing at her friend. He probably did not deserve this humiliation. But you gotta admit, it was a funny coincidence. No one told the teacher the story, and we never told them to get a choral arrangement for Beauty and the Beast. His ignorance of the whole situation made it even funnier when we were railing on our friend at 7 in the morning. But in spite of these hardships, you have to keep laughing. Breakups are messy, and death is tragic. Life is horrible, but you should never forget your sense of humor. Because when life has lost its beauty, we should always remember the beast inside all of us. Growing up in the 2000s, I can say confidently I grew up watching Bob the Builder. Why the confidence, you might ask? I don't know. If tabloids can call someone brave for doing the bare minimum, let me have this one victory. It was a show that used claymation and had talking building equipment. It makes sense. I, too, have worked with a bunch of tools. It's been at least 15 years, so I don't remember a lot of characters' names. I mean, there's Bob, of course, and his work partner, Wendy. But a character I remember is Spud. For those of you who haven't watched the show, he was a talking scarecrow. You know, the first instance of a scarecrow representation in a kid's show outside of Oz. He was the troublemaker of the show, which means we all adore that sack of straw. For some reason, there was an episode that I actually remember. It involved Spud losing his nose, and it was up to Bob and the gang to find a new replacement for him. You might not believe that a construction worker would spend a day looking for body parts for things that aren't living, but riddle me this. Have you ever seen a road built in a timely manner? No, and if you wonder why, it's the growing problem with the noselessness of the Scarecrow community. I found out they're making new episodes of the show, except the animation is a different style. While the original was made out of clay, the show looks realistic now. Worst of all, they don't have Spud anymore, which can only mean one thing. That sneaky little scarecrow was making racist tweets about a decade ago. Oh what, if you think a scarecrow is capable of talking, do you think it'll always say the right thing? No, of course not. While I might not have Spud count on that racist punk, I can always remember that kick-ass theme song. Bob the Builder, can we fix it? Bob the Builder, yes we can. If you're feeling a bit cheeky, you would say, no we can't. I grew up and I learned another man had the as the middle name, that being Jack the Ripper, which inspired me to make a new version of the theme song. Hey, if they didn't want us to bring us into this, they shouldn't have made the show in Britain. How does it go? Jack the Ripper, did you kill her? Jack the Ripper, yes he did. There you go. We can all agree that was just a little bit better. I'm going to take a little bit of time out to tell you about my YouTube channel. Yep, I have a YouTube channel, Father Samba. You know, the word father 
and the word Saba. You put it together, that's the name of my YouTube channel. I only have three videos in it right now, but that's where I'm going to devote my little comedy bits. They're not going to be long videos, so you can easily just go through them very quickly. Two of them are comedy, one is a mashup of Busset and Reese's Puffs. It's a short one, but short is okay, short and sweet. But yeah, the two comedy bits that I'm going to tell you about to see, one is about a dream I had involving Fat Albert, and another one is a rant on Funko Pops. If you want to hear my thoughts on Funko Pops, and you want to see pictures with it too, you can check it out on my YouTube channel, Father Samba. F-A-T-H-E-R-S-A-M-B-A. Two words spelled normally, nothing weird. But honestly, you might want to check it out. I have closed captioning on those two comedy videos in case you want to read along. With that said, one of the videos was involving me talking about a dream of Fat Albert. This dream was involving Fat Albert telling me to go to therapy. As much as the dream haunts me, I never went to therapy. Hell, not even in my dreams. Until now, finally, Father Samba gets in therapy. It starts with a longtime friend of mine telling me of a place to go to therapy right by my house. She must have known I needed it, so she visited my dreams, kind of like Fat Albert. But unlike Albert, she actually recommended a place. The real store was a restaurant and also sold candy. Which you can say is equally as important as therapy. I go inside the place and it's packed with no one wearing masks. Because I guess the pandemic is over in my dreams, but not mine during mental health issues. Going to see a therapist is like getting your face painted at a carnival. You sit at a table with a bunch of other people getting help at the same time. I like the idea of other people getting help. But can a guy get some privacy? And even worse, people kept walking in and out of the room, going up to my therapist and telling him stuff in the middle of a session. So yeah, going to see a therapist is like, oh yeah, you see, being picked last in gym class made you feel like you lost power. Oh, what's that? Oh, I'll get to that after. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what else? Yeah, I get a lot of dreams of being rude to people, and many people being rude to me. But I never had a dream about a therapist blowing me off. That's what you get from your manager at Denny's when you're asking if you can substitute jelly with bacon grease. When you get a therapist, you're supposed to have their attention, undividedly. But instead, you're crouching in your seat worried that someone you know will see you with a strip mall psychologist with a degree from a college promoted by Judge Judy. Sometimes I like to psychoanalyze my dreams, or as I call it, analyzing like a psycho. While many of my dreams are nonsensical, there might be a deeper meaning in them. I might not have watched a lot of Fat Albert as a kid, but my brain must have thought about that when it was thinking of important things to tell me to go to therapy. The friend recommending me a therapist means she actually cares, even if she doesn't know the best doctors in town. She's representing convenience, I guess, because it was right down the street. And by having a session in front of others, it means I don't want to open myself up to others, especially strangers. And yet, I am worried about confronting people I've already met as I hunch down and pretend I was dead every time someone walked into the room. But sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. The dream was just telling me I need help. No matter whose help it was, I should seek it. Because I'm a very, very disturbed little boy. People ask me how comedy is going to function in this day and age. Let me be honest, a lot of stuff will not fly like you used to. As much as one side likes to deny the problem that is cancel culture, there's another side that blames everything on cancel culture. So let me give you the moderate opinion. Are people too sensitive nowadays? Yes, people are too sensitive nowadays. Does that mean you can never insult people or call out their stupidity? 
No. You can insult people, but you have to be specific. Please, imagine if you can. You're going to a grad party, but not just any party. A rich kid's grad party. You don't really like them, but you know there's food. So you're there and the party is just lukewarm. But all of a sudden, you're thirsty. The gesture is partial and requires sustenance. You ask a fellow partygoer where the drinks are. Open up the cooler and you find cans and cans of LaCroix. You're in denial. It can't be that bad, you thought. It probably tastes better than the last time I had it. So you sip at it. Sooner or later, you have to pour it out because who the hell do you think can drink this? It's not good, but it's not horrible. There's not enough flavor, and yet, dare I say, too much. To hell with this, you say, and you proceed to pour it on the pavement and the grass. All of a sudden, you see the kid at the party, the rich prick, and they ask you, why? Why would you waste such a can? And you tell them why. Because if you could have so much money, why can't you get any real beverages? But it's only rich people who buy cases of this. What, does it only taste good in a certain tax bracket? I'm broke. I'm not going anywhere in there. It's bad when I'm young, it'll be bad when I'm old. You call me petty, and yet you wouldn't go to a wedding if they only had candy corn and circus peanuts. And you know why? Because it's unacceptable. But now there's a drink called White Claw. It's like LaCroix but I've heard it's better. You know why? Because it's got booze in it. You could fill a can full of goblin piss and people would still drink it. It turns out that's a secret ingredient to Coors Light. But don't lie to yourself. White Claw is the official drink of high school girls. But not just any high school girl. The annoying activist shrill voice always texting, always crying white girls who all dress the same. They all wear white Vans shoes, but would never get into the one I used to drive. They wear Vera Bradley lanyards to show everyone they got their driver's license. And don't get me started on the song driver's license. When I say this is the White Claw demographic, that's what I'm talking about. And because of that, men are never allowed to drink White Claw. Don't believe me. The guy tells another guy he drinks White Claw. The other guy will say it's not a real drink which isn't a good argument. It's a terrible argument at that. If a cop pulls you over and asks if you've been drinking, you'd never say, no, officer, I only drank a case of White Claw. That's not drinking. At that point, the cop will ask you to step out of the car because booze is booze. You get caught drinking when you shouldn't be drinking, and there will be consequences. But parents just don't understand. My mom, you know, the same one who thinks us asking for Subway means we want to make our own sandwiches, thought that kids drink White Claw and LaCroix interchangeably. All of a sudden, kids like no flavor, she thought. I'll let slide because of my mom. But if you promise someone White Claw and you offer them LaCroix instead, you're asking for war. Switching Claw with a Croix is the same as replacing the gun emoji with a water pistol. Not that I advocate drinking either things, but when I say I want a drink, give me a drink, damn it, with flavor. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of this choir kids from my high school. Remember, I went to high school. There are two things they were really obsessed with at one point. Pentatonics and The Greatest Showman. Not to offend other people, but never mind. Both of those suck. You've got a group of wasted potential, and you've got a movie with my least favorite message in it. Just be yourself. I bet a lot of people were being themselves and turned out to be horrible. 
You know, Stalin was being himself when he killed 12 million people. Pol Pot was himself when he killed almost a third of Cambodia's population. Don't be yourself. Be better. Those two things could be another rant. Panatox the Grave Showman. Who knows? If you comment on my YouTube channel, I might make that video. But how do they connect, you might ask? It seems that people who like those also seem to enjoy sipping LaCroix while listening to those bland, repetitive jingles, which led me to this theory. If you enjoy LaCroix, then your taste in music sucks. Having poor taste goes beyond just taste in food and drink. It's intersectional tastelessness. And for this discovery, I shall await my Nobel Prize. One more rant before I let you go. I'm sure if you watch my YouTube channel, you loved when I went off on Funko Pops. Well, I know it may have offended some viewers, just so you know, there are no laws prohibiting my speech on people buying stupid crap. That's when I know we've truly lost our way, if that ever happens. This last rant I've got lined up for you is about dogs. But not really the dogs themselves, but the owners who are less creative than a hard-boiled egg. My problem I have with dog owners is the names they give their dogs. I understand there are some traditional names like Spot and Fido, and their cat names the same, like Mittens and Fluffy. But there is one dog who, for some reason, gets the same name. Doesn't matter if the owner is white, black, Asian, or Hispanic. If you see a chocolate lab, for some reason, they're always named Hershey. I don't get it. Why is it that you see a puppy, and they want to immediately associate it with a brand name? Only with dogs! Hey, son, I named you Florida's Natural because, well, I like the juice. That's something you'd hear out of Fahrenheit 451. You're trying to read a book and all you hear is Denim's Dentrophis. If you get that joke, congratulations, you pass high school English class. But Hershey, why Hershey? There are so many brand names and you always go to Hershey. Just because the fur is brown doesn't mean it has to be chocolate. Racist. But if you're continuing the trend, why not a different name? Musketeer, that's a candy bar, or at least a third of one. You never hear a dog called Musketeer. Why, it's an honorable name. It's one of those goofy French guards. All for one and one for all. Huzzah! But no, nobody names their dog that. What about Snickers, you ask? It's clearly a cat name, so maybe not. But Heath, Heath is a good name. It's like Keith, but with a huh instead. Or better yet, Wonka. Now that's a name you can yell. A dog walks down the your dog runs down the street. Waka! It's a name so powerful, even the people would stop in their tracks. But I know well that nobody is going to take the advice I give. They'll turn their head and go back and name their dog Hershey. Her, she? That's someone's pronouns. They're not someone's name. And for the love of dog, it shouldn't be your dog's name. Even worse, they'll come up with an ironic name, though. One that goes against chocolate and all chocolate kind. You wouldn't want to hear a dog get loose and the owner yells, Come back now, Vanilla! Or, that's enough tomfoolery there, Whitey! No one likes a wise-ass, and they most certainly don't like a wise-ass who makes your dog suffer as a direct result. In a sense, you shouldn't do that to your dog. They are wonderful animals. But that's not how you teach them about shame. Hershey is the name of a sellout. Your dog wouldn't want to be a sellout. And if you don't want to listen to me, listen to your pet dog, Gonnet! And that'll be the podcast for today. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.